0: All right, turn in your Bible to Judges <coughs> chapter 6. We'll be in Judges 6 and 7 tonight. All right, I'm talking about Gideon tonight. Uh, so, take you back a little ways. Uh, the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They finally got clearance from God to go into the promised land after their punishment, and they spent a considerable amount of time conquering the promised land. If you read the book of Joshua, that's what it's all about, and it is a very exciting book. Uh, I think it is perhaps uh, the most exciting and uh, the happiest book of the entire Bible, uh, because they are finally getting to do what God has promised, and, and they are actually doing it. Uh, by and large Um, but uh, by the time we get to judges they have already fallen back into the the ways that left them stranded in the wilderness for 40 years and so we have this cycle going uh, up and down back and forth of uh, you know not doing what God has asked them to do and God punishes them uh, and they cry out and God sends a a deliverer, and it is that cycle over and over and over again until the book ends at the end of of Judges. Um, And so uh, here we have one more episode. It's actually fairly early in the book, uh, chapter 6, but one more (coughs) episode where the Israelites have turned away from God, and God allows the Midianites to uh, oppress them for... uh, a time. And uh, I said, I kind of my get on the stage remark was that, you know, the book of Joshua, the Israelites had had conquered the, the promised land and done exactly what God had asked them to do. And uh, for the most part, that's true, but it's not exactly true. Uh, you know, we see times where they didn't completely conquer and drive out the people that they were supposed to drive out. And so now we are seeing the results of of that you know here we've got people that uh their ideas begin to infiltrate the the israelite culture uh and that begins to affect the way that they uh view god and the way that they fail to follow god and so god uses those people then to oppress the israelites and so this time it's the midianites and they have oppressed the Israelites now for seven years. Um, and in fact, it says that the Midianites so ravaged the Israelites that they continuously destroyed their crops and their animals uh, and sent the Israelites running into the hills, into the caves. So in verse 6, it says of chapter 6, <clears throat> So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Life was so bad that they cried out to the Lord for help. It's, it's almost as if we got to the point that we thought things just cannot get any worse. And well, we don't have any other recourse that we haven't tried, so I guess we'll cry out to God. Um, You know we've put up with the Midianites ravaging our crops and we've put up with them ravaging our animals uh, but they have finally driven us away into caves things can't possibly get any worse I don't know what else to do I guess we'll cry out to God and see what happens Um, and amazingly the uh, well so let me back up the Lord sends a prophet to the Israelites and says hey look The reason this is happening to you guys is because you haven't done what I asked you to do. Um, And uh, so uh, a miracle occurs and coffee appears. (laughs) God sends his messenger of deliverance, Jeff Tyler, with a cup of coffee
1: him, that sounds a whole lot like us today. You know, we try to do it on our own when we realize
2: we can't, and then we turn to God. Isn't it though? It's
0: crazy. I saw something today about
2: prayers being taken out of schools in 1962, and now we're preaching to what so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yep. So, you're exactly right. I mean, we think we can figure life out on our own and we rely on our, on our own wisdom and our own, uh, our own ways. And, uh, then when things finally get bad enough, (coughs) then we finally ask for God's help. You know, what, what happened to the prodigal son? He finally got as low as he could go. And then finally, well, maybe there's a better way. Um, Amazingly, though, after the people cry out to God and say, please save us, God says, okay. Um, I'm always amazed at the mercy of God that you know, people can be as bad as they can be. They can get in the absolute worst circumstances. And, you know, you got to think that the only reason they're crying out is because they have nowhere else to go. And instead of God saying, you dug this hole, now deal with it, God says, okay, I'll rescue you again. Um, The Lord sent an angel to Gideon, and uh, let's go down to verse uh, 12. The angel said, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Uh, <laughs> What's that? Uh, am I not sending? You? Am I not sending you? Yes, that's what one version says. Uh, and you know that's really good phrasing, considering the rest of Gideon that we're going to talk about tonight.
3: You know, he actually, he actually misspoke. Gideon did. Uh, they're looking at the calamity. <laughs> Yeah, we, we know the Lord brought us out of Egypt, etc., etc., but now he's forsaking us. Oh contrary, yeah. Uh Israel forsook God and left him. It was not God leaving now. He, he's looking at it very short sightedly and incorrectly actually.
0: Yeah, and that that's actually one of the the point that I was just about to get to. We have
1: ESPN.
0: We do. Uh, Did you say ESP or ESPN? ESPN. Okay. Uh, So I want to come back to that in just a second. But uh, first of all, I want you to notice something about the wording here. Um, First of all, notice that the angel says, the Lord is with you. But Gideon says, if the Lord is with us... Why has all this happened to us? Um, But then notice that it says, the Lord turned to him. It's no longer the angel speaking to him, but it's actually the Lord. Um, And Gideon doesn't realize that just yet. And so he scoffs again, well, how can I save Israel? but let's get to Gary's point here for just a, a couple of minutes. Uh, put yourself in, in Gideon's shoes. How do you think Gideon felt up to this point in the conversation?
4: Well, he used the same excuse.
0: That <coughs> Absolute same excuse.
4: Same excuse. I'm the poorest of the poor. I'm the weakest, the smallest. Don't use
0: me. Well, I think he also thought, you know, I've heard all these stories about God doing all these miracles, and I haven't seen anything. I can't see that God's going to help us now. You can tell me that God is with us, but I don't see it.
3: To to a point earlier, we said... When things go bad, we often finally turn and the people of old said, well, there's no place else to go. Let's turn to God. Actually, that's not just when things go bad. That's the problem. No matter how good or bad things are, God should be the only place we can turn. Mm. Because God is going to continue to bless us. He's going to continue to take care of us as long as we are turning to Him and like you say we get that misnomer and we're like well we give up on everything else so let's turn to God
0: that's a great point Benita I think
5: I see two things number one God saw Gideon for what he was going to be he was hiding in a wine press (coughs) and God saw him as a mighty warrior and I think that gives us great hope that when we are hiding that God is seeing us for what he's going to make us and the other thing is, Gideon spoke honestly to God. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He he spoke from <coughs> his heart. He spoke. Um, he spoke truth of what he was feeling. And I think God does not condemn that. I think okay, He yeah. He honored that. And I think we when we're when we're struggling, when we're doubting what God's doing, <laughs> I think if we come to Him with an honest heart, even though it may not it shows our weakness and it shows our lack of faith and it shows because um, if, if God already knows how we're feeling anyway So I think coming to him honestly We see how God works with
0: that Yeah, and those are uh, Two of the things that I Absolutely love about Gideon um, First of all, uh, he is uh, Good grief, I need more coffee um, <laughs> First of all, he, he does speak straight Uh, with the angel and you know that was a lesson that i I took an awfully long time uh, to learn for the longest time i thought i i I can never say anything against god i I can never tell god you know i I just don't appreciate what he's doing here Um, but you know how many examples do we have where um, where people do put it out there in very raw terms about how they are feeling and god not only takes it but uh he he winds up reassuring them uh, that he is with them you know that you may feel like this but i am with you i will be your strength um and uh the the other thing I, i really like uh about gideon is you know he's He's not afraid uh, to say, I, I, I don't know about this. Are you uh, are you sure? And, uh, and and God is patient with him. And we're gonna we're gonna flesh that out over the the rest of our lesson here tonight. Um, so the Lord assures Gideon that he's going to be with them. And they're going to strike down all the the Midianites and leave none of them alive. Um, you know, and and that. That gives me great comfort that even though I don't feel like I am anything much that uh, God can use me in a powerful way if I'll just let him uh, you know and it was the same with, with Moses you know how many, how many times does, does God use the reluctant leader uh, what do I have to offer and God said let me show you what I what you have to offer all you need to do is rely on me um, Tim, yes, sir.
4: what happens between this, the time of uh, Gideon and the time of Ruth, when you have, he, he says he's going to wipe them out, where did it come from for Ruth?
0: Well, so obviously they didn't wipe them out completely, but wiped them out enough that uh, they weren't going to cause them problems for a little while.
1: Uh, Ruth came from Moab, not video. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You're correct.
0: Um, it's my mistake. It starts with an M. <laughs> <laughs> I, I allowed you to lead me down a false path. I <laughs> trust <laughs> <laughs> <loss> God. <laughs>
2: um,
0: so Gideon still wasn't convinced. So uh, what did he do? He asked God for a sign. Um, and what do you think about? Uh, Gideon asking God okay, if it's really you, prove it to me. Show me the money. (coughs) What do you think about that?
6: Necessary. Necessary.
0: I agree he's got guts. Tell me about necessary.
6: Well, you could be like just what happened. Somebody could tell you one thing and you might believe it just because they said it but if you hear it from the actual source like God then you know it's really him and not just maybe Satan or somebody else that's trying to lead you astray to somewhere where you shouldn't be. So it's I think it's very necessary if, to ask, Lord, is it you? Like I just want to know for sure. Because if I'm going to listen to this person and do what they say, it might not be of you.
0: That's an interesting thought. I have never thought of it that way before.
2: If you also think about the fact that they have gone for so long, Without seeing God mm-hmm. acting actively in their lives, so it, it it stands to reason to me that He would test that voice, this being that He's that is talking to him, to say, yeah, like Andrew said, is it's really? Is this really you? Because we haven't been hearing from you lately, <laughs> really, you know, and I just want to make sure.
6: Okay. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. How you throw
1: it? I thought that to me this was this was a bit of humor. As you've heard the he thought, thought it was humor too. Another way of saying it was when he said, uh, Lord's with mighty warrior and getting replies, Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? So I, there's there's a bit of humor in this this also, but you're you're right that he had the audacity to but then again, he was in a situation where everybody was was worshiping idols, and he's going to get in trouble destroying some idols anyway. So, so yeah, he was in a totally paganistic uh, society that he was in.
7: To kind of follow up, it's it isn't until after the sacrifice when the angel the Lord puts fire on the cakes and the broth and the meat that. It says, then Gideon perceived he was an angel of the Lord. So at this point, it's just kind of a regular man that he's talking to. So <laughs> you definitely get knowing, okay, is this, is this coming from God? Or, so.
0: Okay. <coughs> um, yeah, so the angel told Gideon to put the meat uh, on the stone, touched the staff to it, and immediately uh, on the rock and immediately uh, was consumed with fire. Uh, and then Gideon realized it was God, and he built a an altar there. So then God tells Gideon, all right, so I want you to go destroy the altar to Baal and the Asherah pole that's right outside in the backyard of your house and uh, replace it with an altar to me. And uh, Gideon does it, but he... Uh, He does it at night because he's afraid of what might happen if they figure out who did it. Um, Well, apparently this altar to Baal that was in his yard must have been like the town altar because all the townspeople got upset uh, when they woke up the next morning and saw that it had been torn down and replaced. So they come looking for Gideon And I find it interesting that the altar was at Gideon's house, or his father's house, and Gideon's dad comes out, and, uh, you know, the townspeople are demanding bring us Gideon. And uh, the dad doesn't say, hold on, have mercy, I'll get him to rebuild the altar, no big deal. Uh, he says something far more interesting. Let's look down at, uh, starting at verse 28. Early the next morning, as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down and that the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down. In their place, a new altar had been built, and on it were the remains of the bull that had been sacrificed. The people said to each other, Who did this? And after asking around and making a careful search, they learned that it was Gideon, the son of Joash. Bring out your son, the men of the town demanded of Joash. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted him, why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. (coughs) If Baal truly is a god, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. From then on, Gideon was called Jerob which means let Baal defend himself because he broke down Baal's altar. So what do you think about that? Uh, You kind of think that Gideon's father may have uh, been like a a Baal priest or something, but he winds up defending his son and basically saying, hey, if Baal's all that, let him take care of himself.
4: Sounds like Elijah. Mm-hmm. when uh, he was facing all of the foreign gods.
0: Oh, we're going to talk about that next week. <laughs> send down
4: fire. Okay, we'll send down fire. Send down one. We'll send down one. Still works out to his advantage.
2: I'm I'm gonna gonna do that next week. Okay. about yep. this time Gideon was going I'm really really glad that the Lord said that I would not die
0: well <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> clearly I think God was taking care of Gideon there I, I don't think there's any denying that but I also think that this was a very confused people when you when you think about the israelites and I mean, they had a heritage of being God's people, and you know they knew those stories. At least they had heard them before, but yet they've been led astray by, you know, all the various tribes of Canaanites throughout the land, and the various Baal worshippers and Asherah and all of this other stuff. Um, I think it was, well, you know, there's Baal and there's Asherah and there's God and, uh, you know, maybe there's others. Uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, everybody can believe what they want to believe. So a
2: little bit like we are today. today. <laughs> Bam. Um,
0: Just pick
2: what you like out of each one and put it all together for yourself.
0: Right exactly and uh god is obviously saying that is not good enough it's either all me or it's nothing all right it's all me or i won't have any part of you but let me go back to the beginning it's interesting that uh (coughs) God's mercy is never ending. Never ending. (coughs) No matter how uh, perverted they have made this religion, they still know somewhere down there, there is a God that is willing to save us. And when they call on him, God is there what does that mean for us that no matter how low we go or how perverted we we can make this gospel that when we call on God he is still there willing to take us back and rescue us why would he do that Yes, ma'am. I love the
5: song that says, not because of who I am, but because of who you are. <coughs> yes. Not because of what I've done. So what it's not so much saying about anything about us. What it says is about God and that He is faithful. And it doesn't matter what we do. He will be faithful
6: to us if we call to Him. His character. Mm-hmm. Our no character. His holiness. He does not change. That's right. From beginning to from infinity. He is not any different from when He was. So just shows that we change and we have we fluctuate and he understands that and he treats us like his child and it's like I get it I still love you you're an idiot at times but I still love you and I will always be here for you
0: God made a promise and God would not be God if he broke it Yeah. so God made a promise that he will remain faithful to us and he keeps that promise um, the uh, I love that. Um, all right, let's go on. <coughs> Where was I at? Okay. Um, all right, so Gideon's dad defends Gideon, and uh, we really don't know how that turned out, uh, but apparently they left him alone. And uh, uh, they just gave him a new nickname. Um, but shortly thereafter, the Midianites began massing for war uh, against the Israelites, and Gideon decides he needs to do what God has asked him to do, or called him to be, a warrior, and uh, begins assembling an army from uh, Manasseh, which is his tribe, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali. Uh, but even after he meets God face to face, and even after he starts massing his army against the Midianites to do what God asked him to do, uh, he once again wants a sign from God. And so he puts out some fleece and says and asks that the, the fleece be wet, but the ground be dry, and God does it for him. Gideon says, okay, but let's do this again. This time, how about let's have it the reverse, just in case. Fleece be dry, ground be wet, and God does it for him. So we can kind of say, all right, you know, we really didn't know whether that was God or not at first, but now we know. And here Gideon asked not once, but twice, are you really with me? And God, uh, God humors him. What do you think about that?
2: God had a plan. He wasn't going to let Gideon mess it up. Okay. He, wanted, he wanted to give Gideon the confidence that Gideon lacked. <coughs> Because at the beginning of this, Gideon said, I'm the least from the least tribe. You know, who am I you're talking to me, you know? So Gideon didn't have the confidence yet.
7: What I struggle with is the application for us. Because I say, I need to make a decision, so I'm gonna put a towel <laughs> on the bathroom floor <laughs> and the <forward. laughs> I wanna do this, make it wet and the floor dry. And I don't think, I think this was a unique situation with Gideon, I'm not sure. <coughs> Maybe God would do it for me, but if he doesn't, then it's because I don't have enough faith. Because, you know, so I struggle with the application of wanting a sign from God for everything. Because I've heard people that, you know, God, tell me what clothes I should wear at this interview. Is it's the red one or the blue one, let me hear a sound. You know, they're trying to have that, and I'm not sure that's the way God is generally going to look. Jeff? There's two applications here that uh, we
1: may miss. One of them is, is, Gideon was obviously a little faith. And he's probably also <coughs> of, uh, well, he just didn't have the, uh, the, the confidence in himself that he needed. Uh, compare this to Zechariah, John the Baptist's son, when God told him he was going to have a son. And, uh, and he said, show me a sign. Now, Zechariah was a priest. And he knew his stuff. And yet he questioned God. God gave him a sign, <coughs> the health him and made him mute until John was born. Uh, so I think God, based upon your level of capability, is going to answer you in the way that you need to be answered. So I, I think that's one point that we need to see. And I think another one is is, is yeah, you know, we throw fleece out all the time. Uh, the elders at one time when we were looking at selling at this building. Uh, we it wasn't, i guess you called so please, but we said you know open the doors that need to be open and close the doors that need to be closed and i think that's the way we need to approach God is, is uh, Lord you make the decision you know open the doors that i need to walk through and close the doors that i don't need to and please help me not to beat on the doors that are closed
0: <coughs> yeah i i'm with you on the application. I had a preacher once that, uh, you know, that said, you know, if you, you need to make a tough decision, put out your fleece. Um, and uh, I thought, okay. But, you know, I've tried it a couple times and uh, my, my towel hadn't been wet on the on the tile room floor. Um, it needs to be fleece. Oh, it needs to be fleece. That was the problem. <laughs> um, and, you know, I say that humorously about, you know, putting out the the towel, but um, I have asked for fairly specific stuff. God, if this is your will, let this happen. If this is not your will, let this not happen. Well, then it doesn't happen. And then, you know, okay, well, is that God telling me,
6: you know? Well, I think in Gideon's case, it was a sense of maybe to find an excuse. I mean, it's in the past of his couple past days. He's Okay, at first he's like... A, I'm unsure, uh, I'm low as a blow. Give me a sign, God does it. Not just once, but he shows him after he took down the altar, I still prote- I'm still i still protecting you, I got you. And then he's building an army. I'm still got you, I'm behind you 100%. <coughs> and throwing out the fleece once is like, yeah, okay, that's a good sign. But to do it again is almost like a child playing with you, almost insane. Really, is it really mean? Just an, like, possibly, but that's just maybe one you.
0: It could be i don 't know that I think it's uh, uh Gideon trying to make excuses i don 't know that i I think that um, i and i I do think that god will will show us the way I mean uh, just right the the elders here did do that uh, when they were looking at what to do with the the building, and I am absolutely convinced that uh, God did that because of how all of that Played out. Um, I don't think it could have been any other way than God's hand in that. Um, And so uh, I think the takeaway for me as I I continue to to learn and grow and and how does God speak to me uh, is that I. Perhaps it's not quite as obvious, at least with me, as um, you know, putting out my fleece, and uh, it's either wet or dry based on how I want it to be. Uh, but it is um, you know, putting a discerning ear out and listening for what is God really trying to tell me uh, before I make this big decision? And oh, by the way, remember what we talked about last week. When we look at Jesus for, um, examples of how he made big decisions, he spent a lot of time with God uh, before uh, before he he went forward with what he knew God was going to have him to do. Benita, did you have something else? Craig? I
7: um, think a key distinction also is in 17, he asked for a sign, and then here in 39, he'll, he prefaces it with let your your anger not burn against me and semantically and actually in Hebrew it switches to testing Mm -hmm. he actually says let me just test God one more time which we know the command of do not put your Lord God to your test so I think in in the the whole conversation that we're having we need to also understand there is a line in Gideon's toe in it of asking for a sign of faith and then going overboard and testing God and forcing him into action. And which is almost, by some interpretations, what we see Judas do by handing over Christ, forcing him possibly into military action to be the military king he expected. And so I think we have to be careful when we we are asking for signs that we're not testing God and trying to force him to be, to step in where we (coughs) need to just be courageous. This
2: is also such a good example of God's patience. He was training Gideon. Gideon really had all those years when God wasn't there, at least as far as they could see, Gideon didn't have that experience with the Lord. And so the Lord now is training this child. You know, it's okay. You know, it's going to be okay. I'm right here. You know, that sort of
0: thing. Well, and we have other examples of reluctant people. Moses, Aaron, Jonah. Jonah. Yeah, there's another one. Um, but Jesus,
3: you know, he was reluctant. He kept going to the garden. He kept praying, let this cup pass. You know, it's like, it's the persistence. You know, we, uh, we often think, you know, we want the Lord to open the door or close the door. But where do you balance that with, you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Or if at first you don't succeed, quit. You know, there's, there's a real balance there. And, you know, Jesus didn't want to go through the, the crucifixion. But, and he even asked that it not happen. But he was willing, obviously.
5: Think in the modern day when you're saying you've tried to put the fleece out to figure out what you're supposed to do I think a lot of times we compare this but Gideon was told to do something mm. and was getting affirmation are you God? Am I really supposed to do this? I think a lot of times when we're asking God what to do I think a lot of times it, it doesn't matter he just wants us to have him first in whichever direction we go so we're thinking there's just this one path when I feel like I've seen where, yeah, he's going to use either path you choose. You're not choosing between a task that he wants you to do here a task he wants you to do here. He's like, I want you to do whatever. I'm there in either one of those tasks. Because when I've seen that the Lord has wanted me to do something, he puts things in there going, oh, that wouldn't have worked unless he had wanted me to do it I wouldn't have happened sure. any other way and I think that's kind of where this is he's been the difference from being told to do something and you're asking what's they
4: yeah.
0: we are seeing a gradual maturation of Gideon though um, so as we go on in this story um, You know, he he tests God twice, or he asks God for a sign twice, and uh, God gives it to him, and then he takes the army, and he moves out. And God says, okay, hold on, Um, your army is too big. And Gideon dutifully uh, allows God to call down his army in two stages. First to about twenty-two thousand people, and then down to three hundred. Um, now, interestingly, anybody know how big the Midianite army was?
4: There's two armies. Couldn't
0: count
1: them. There's two armies, wasn't there? Because they got with somebody else. So.
0: Well, if you if you do the math a little bit later on in chapter seven. Um, It comes out to about 135,000. So 300 against 135,000.
5: So they were outnumbered to begin with?
0: They were outnumbered to begin with before they they even had the first cut. Okay. Even at 22,000, they were significantly (coughs) outnumbered by about five to one. But they were
2: because they had uh, God
0: on their side. That's right, Betty. (laughs) 22,000 went home. Yeah, Yeah, it's 10,000. Oh, I'm sorry. They started with 22,000, went down to 10000 No, they started with 32,000. Was it 32,000? Oh, 22,000 went home. Still had 10. That's why I'm an engineer. I use a calculator. Anyway, it ends up 450 to 1. Right. That's heavily in Gideon's favor
3: there. Even with the 10,000, he
2: called that down.
0: Right. Down to 300. (laughs) So um, Gideon does that dutifully, and, you know, there's no complaining to be had, or at least not recorded here. But then uh, at night, God goes to Gideon and says, hey, bud, if you're still scared, go right over there, overlooking the Midianite camp, and just listen and then you'll be all right. And Gideon, of course, doesn't go, no, I'm good. (laughs) I mean, he goes over there um, and listens, and then he's like, oh, yeah, we got this. Um, And so I I mentioned just a minute ago the gradual maturation of of Gideon here, where he starts out very unsure Mm -hmm. Then he, he gets to the point where he goes, okay, God is with me. I'm going to do what he says. But then God realizes, I, I just want to give you a, a little bit more encouragement. I, I know you're on the right track, but I want to give you just a little bit more encouragement. Go listen to these guys, and, and you'll know it's going to be all right. Um, and then, at that point, Gideon completely moves out. He goes and uh, breaks up his men into uh, three companies of a hundred and says, all right, look, you guys go here, you guys go here, and I'm going to take this last group and we're going to go here. And when I give the word, uh, then, you know, the, the torches and break the glass and uh, and then descend on these people. And uh, And of course, so we know the rest of the story that God causes those Midianites. They were already in fear, which is why God told Gideon to go listen. They were already in fear of the Israelites, which I find amazing to begin with. So you've been oppressing these guys for seven years. You've been able to have full impunity and do whatever you want to, walk all over them, take their crops, take their animals, you know, overrun their towns, and all of a sudden you're afraid of them? Um, (coughs) Fred, were you going to say something? Oh, okay. Um, Clearly, God is in the middle of that. Um, There's no other way than, you know, God causing that to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, but, uh, then, once the battle starts, once... You know, Gideon causes that commotion. Well, then their fear just, you know, explodes, and they wind up turning on each other and wind up killing a bunch of uh, a bunch of themselves off, and then running off, and there's huge uh, huge battle. Uh, later on, we wind up getting more of the Israelites involved. We capture the kings, and, you know, we've, we've conquered the Midianites, and uh, end of the story for this time. Um, but uh, like Benita said early on in the story I find it incredibly um, encouraging the story of Gideon how God uh, takes a guy who is not some big man of God he's just a guy uh, who knows about God and Uh, is reluctant to jump into the fray and do what God asks him to do, but God is patient with him and says, look, I'm going to be with you if you'll uh, (coughs) you'll just do what I ask you to do and believe in me, (coughs) you can do great things. And what amazing uh, comfort that is to us that if we will just follow God and do what He asks us to do, even if we're reluctant, even <laughs> if we, you know, we're not quite sure that He's with us, He promises that He will be. Um, Jeff.
1: The maturation of Gideon over this time uh, is something that we need to, to take into consideration because he obviously went from a from a, I don't believe this is going to happen to to the point that I, I put myself in the place of the 300, and he tells me we're, we're going to do what? We're going we're going to take torches and and clay pots and crash them and wave the torches. and with 300 you. Three hundred against a million, you know. Uh, and I'm thinking thinking what these guys? They must have had a lot of faith in Gideon and God at that point. So he must have been able to transfer or. Or show his confidence so magnificently that he got 300 guys to go down against all of them, banging on pots and waving torches. Yeah. I would have said, Are you crazy?
0: Right. You,
4: you let that happen in this town and see what happens. You have 300 men come down and shaking pots and blowing horns. You'd think, you'd think same things were happening.
2: You gotta remember, this also happened in the dead of night, and they'd all been asleep, and then got suddenly woken up. So they were totally disoriented to begin with.
1: That's true. Yeah. The Which was point, to their Gideon's advantage. Yep. The other point of Gideon's maturation of faith is, correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but isn't Gideon one of the heroes in Hebrews?
5: Yes. yes of faith. It yes. says he doesn't have time to talk about it, but yeah, he's mentioned. Gideon, Barak, Samson.
0: Any others? Richard?
3: Well, the way I see it, God is big enough to allow his children to crawl up on his lap and pound on his chest and say, Why God? Why God? But God does ask something from us. And the
0: first thing he asked is, Be thankful, count your blessings, and then come
1: back to me and ask what you need. But be thankful first.
4: Yeah. Why did you hitting him to make the last piece of? What's that? Why did Gideon make the ephod? Because he was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Because they worshipped the ephod. What what were they doing? They just finished the battles, and now they...
0: All right. Um, That is all I have for tonight. So... uh, Hope you uh, have a good rest of the week. We will be talking about Elijah next week. Elijah on Mount Carmel and, uh, and after Mount Carmel. So come ready for that next week.
5: Thank you. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the East Side Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs every Sunday at 1040 a.m. as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.